Welcome to the Purpose Marriage Podcast. If you're in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you'll find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purpose Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson, and with me as always is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. Well, we're with you once again. Here it is February. Amy, go ahead and uh, share what we've been up to this this past month. I know we've uh, we've begun our divorce ministry at church, and that has been going well. You want to speak to that? Uh, yes. Yeah, we have um, a lot more people in class this time than we did last time. Uh, we actually are doing, it's like a hybrid class where it's partially online and then partially in class. And so uh, we had so many people that we actually had to rearrange the classroom and expand, which um, I mean, which is heartbreaking because so many people are going through divorce or separation. Um, But at the same time, we're encouraged because they're coming to seek godly counsel. And um, so anyway, it's it's been really good. We've had a a great class uh, so far, and um, we're just seeing, you know, God work in these people's lives. How is the house situation coming? Well, we are, I think we're to the point where we're about to order the brick. We, we will have a brick skirt on our house and then also an indoor outdoor fireplace that will have brick. And so um, they are finishing up my dad's house and it was time to order the brick. So they're going to put the brick skirt on his house first, and then they're going to start on our house. So we hope maybe by the next time we do the next episode, the next podcast, that they will have erected walls, hopefully, on our new home. Yeah, that would be nice. Yes. It would be really nice to see some progress made on our house. <laughs> yeah, they're almost they're fully They're doing finished. good work on your dad's. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's, it's going up It's coming right quickly. along. Yeah. We titled today's episode with the question, why is my prodigal so hostile? And if you are tuning in for the first time, when we say prodigal, what we're referring to is the man or woman who is running from the marriage, okay? Uh, Just so that's understood. And more importantly, running from the Lord. Running from the Lord, that's right, that's right. So let's talk about uh, hostility here. I actually did a search I mean, I had an idea of what it meant. I know what it means, but hopefully this will be helpful uh, to give us a a better uh, grasp of what exactly hostility is referring to. Uh, Amy, read some of the things we have here. Um, Hostility is deep-seated ill will, conflict, opposition, or resistance in thought or in principle. Um, bitterness can be a form of hostility. Bad blood, enmity, a couple others there. And I would say if you are the stander and you're describing your prodigal's um, 
disposition right now as it relates to you, maybe your entire family, your marriage, uh, you would most likely describe it as hostile. Mm -hmm. That is exactly uh, what we're seeing. Uh, the verse for today, actually a couple verses, comes from James chapter 4, uh, verses 1 and 2. I'll go ahead and read that. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. Let's break down this verse a little bit. The first part of the verse mentions fights and quarrels. And in the context of a troubled marriage, how common are these actions, the fighting and the quarreling, Amy? Oh, I mean, I would say that that's pretty much a given in every relationship. Even, and I will say this, even people who say, well, you know, my husband and I, we don't fight. Really, even the passive aggressive behaviors is a form of quarreling and fighting whether you address it or not. Right. Uh, well, I would say every, every marriage, there are going to be issues and there are going to be disagreements, but actual quarreling, I would say in the context of a troubled marriage, quarreling and fighting is more than likely going to be the norm. I mean, you're going to, you're going to see that occur on a more frequent basis. And uh, speaking to our situation towards the end before everything fell apart it seemed as though the uh, quarrels the arguments the misunderstandings were increasing in their regularity and also in their intensity would you yes. uh, agree with that Maybe? yes i would i would absolutely agree with that and um i i think also earlier you know in the marriage we may have been able to work some of those quarrels and fights but towards the end there was it, it was it was like all we were trying I mean we were just battling one another we weren't trying to come to a solution um it it just got to the point where that was common and I felt like you know we were constantly walking on eggshells around one another just waiting for the next disagreement or argument to take place. I think we were both not enjoying the quarrels. And speaking for myself, I didn't like it when it happened. Uh, but I wasn't really in the frame of mind or position in my spiritual walk with the Lord to really do anything to get at the root of the problem. Right. Uh, so, you know, if we could end the argument and just be over and done with it, then and there, uh, I was satisfied. I wasn't concerned so much with what might be causing the next argument. Or like the root cause of right, what's right. happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the part of the verse that says, the desires that battle in you. What is this referring to? Exactly. What what does that mean? Amy, what does that mean to you, the desires uh, that battle in you? Well, I mean, I think, you know... And, and before you answer, I'm sorry, <clears throat> we want to try to keep this in the context of uh, husbands and wives who are at odds with one another in a, mar in a troubled marriage. 
those those desires. What might what might the desires be in the wife? What might they be in the husband? I can speak to that. Yes, I think you know for if we're speaking about our specific um, relationship, I mean, I think it was just I had a desire to feel loved and cared for um, and and honored. Um, I mean, I felt like that there was no love. There was no, um, you know, there there wasn't like you didn't cherish me. You didn't care about me even. I felt like that we were just completely at odds and there was no chance that 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 would ever happen, that we didn't experience the oneness in marriage like Christ talked about, you know, in a biblical marriage. Now, now that desire that you're describing, uh, that is an honorable and Christ-honoring desire, and that is one that you possessed prior to your running from the Lord. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, after I, I mean, it, it goes back to the verse, I didn't get what I wanted. And I think that we have to be careful here because like you said, what I, what I desired and what I wanted wasn't a bad thing. Um, but neither one of us at that place, we, we were not in a place where that was what was taking place because I mean, at that point, you know, I, we had both fallen away from church, fallen away from the Lord. Um, and I just, all I did was pray and pray and pray, but I didn't seek to know God in an intimate way to know how I could change, you know, myself and how I, how I was also contributing to the failing of our marriage. And so while I had those desires, you know, some of the desires were good, but that doesn't mean that we're always going to get what we want when we want it. And I think that was the problem is mm -hmm. that what I wanted, I did not get. So it goes back to the the verse. I wasn't getting what I wanted. And so instead of, you know, digging deeper and, you know, leaning into the Lord more, I ran from him and said, well, you I'm leaned done. in. You you leaned into self. Yes. At that point. Yes, I I quit leaning into the Lord, um, and I just leaned into. Okay, you're not doing what I want, so I'm gonna do it my way. Well, <laughs> you know the thing was, God was hearing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your desires were honoring to Him, but in order for those prayers to be answered, He had to do a major work in my life and in my heart. And so this took time. Right. This took time. And, of course, you might be asking, well, God, I've given you 10 years, and you haven't changed anything. Well, uh, you know, God doesn't do things the way we think they ought to be done in the time frame that we think they ought to be done. You know, for me, there had to be a complete uh, breaking down of my will, of my pride. Uh, I had to be completely crushed. My flesh had to be crushed in order for me to gain this new perspective and under, understanding of what marriage was all about, what my role was supposed to be, and how to truly submit to the Lord. So, uh, yes, you did des- did desire 
uh, what was honorable. And then we had a bit of a, a flip-flop there where, you know, uh, for so long I wasn't desiring. And I, I, will, I will tell you that this verse, uh, as I read part of it again, uh, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So for me, uh, what was what was influencing the quarrels and the arguments was my pride. And the pride was a result of my inflated sense of self, whereas I felt I deserved things that I didn't deserve. God has given us all a portion. Uh, he has proportioned each individual uh, a, a station in life, we have limitations. He has gifted us in, in a variety of ways. Uh, this was all written uh, for our lives. And I felt like um, the position I was in was, was not enough. And so I had turned to other things in my life. Uh, if you all know of our story, I've shared how I had a, a very real battle with uh, pornography that had become a stronghold in my life. Uh, and it, it goes back to uh, childhood, actually. It is a struggle that many men deal with. Women deal with it as well. It takes on different uh, shapes and forms, I'd say. But uh, for me, what it did was uh, it, it caused me to uh, not desire my wife in the way that I should, or desire to desire other things that weren't realistic, fantasy type things. You know, on on one hand, I was I was regretful for the times where, you know, I, I gave in to those uh, worldly lusts, and I would take it out on on my wife. Um, it was just it was so completely messed up my perspective on. Um, integrity, intimacy that should be in the marriage. I was blaming and judging, being cold-hearted, uh, cynical, uh, just so many bad isms were present in my life. And I, I was not putting on as a believer in Christ the things that I needed to put on. And as a result, I, I was saying the things that were in my head, they would just come out without any consideration of how it might affect uh, my wife, and it hurt her deeply. And as I think about it and share a little bit more about it, uh, I would say that, you know, at the root of all that was was pride, and that I was not uh, content with the portion the Lord had given me in life. I felt I deserved more. I deserved better. And, um, you know, un unfortunately, this this ungodly perspective manifested itself in, in many, many ways. Uh, but yeah, this, this verse here is, is spot on. You, you desire, but you do not have. I didn't have what my flesh wanted. And so as a result, I was, I was acting out in an aggressive, verbally aggressive and hurtful manner. Well, I, I think also it's, it's one of those issues that you're never, it's never going to fully be gone. We are always going to battle our flesh because by nature we are sinful. And so if you're not, um, 
if you're not battling the sin, then the sin's going to overtake you. And so I think that that's, you know, that's, it's really important to, um, continue battling and continue giving it over to the Lord because our sin nature will take over if we just sit idle and do nothing. You do not have because you do not ask God sums it all up Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, looking at a spouse who is determined to leave the marriage. Of course, they're not going to ask the Lord uh, to give them what they want in that instance, because what they want is not what the Lord wants. They might see the uh, grass on the other side of the street and think that it's greener. So they're going to chase after that. Are they going to be asking God for that? No. Uh, They're probably lying to themselves and thinking that they might be asking God for happiness. And some prodigals are so deceived, they actually think that God would bring someone else into their life, even when they're married. Uh, I can think of a, um, I'm not going to mention her name, but it was a, uh, a very, if I, if I mention their name, a, a well-known uh, Christian recording artist who was married and left a marriage and actually uh, believed that it was God uh, bringing this other person into their life. Into their life, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and that's unfortunate. That is, that is not from the Lord. Uh, so we do not have because we do not ask God. So I, I guess what we need to understand is that the desires that should be in our heart uh, need to be aligned with the will of God and what His Word says. And we need to be asking for things that will uh, bring honor and glory to His name. Right. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. For the longest time, I didn't really fully understand that verse, and many people misunderstand it, uh, thinking it to mean that uh, if we just attend church, we read our Bibles, we pray regularly, God's going to give us what we want. Right. Right? <laughs> what, what, right. Okay, that's a wrong... And that that kind of sounds right, and a lot of people believe that. Uh, But what does this verse really mean, Amy? Well, it it really means that God won't give us the desires, the things that we desire, but He will be transforming our hearts and minds to be in alignment with Him, and that our desires will then become His desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. The desires, He's planting those into your heart. So you're chasing after and pursuing things that are good, wholesome, right. we are delighting. and pure. We are delighting That's ourselves right. in the Lord. So when you delight yourself in the Lord, you won't be out of alignment with, with God and right. His will. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Uh, so you f- see, friends, what uh, what we're speaking to here is the fact that there is this constant battle that is taking place in our hearts and in our minds, and we must align ourselves with the Lord. And, you know, just a moment ago, I, I, I spoke to the importance of attending church and reading our Bible, uh, but to have a proper understanding that 
that those activities are are meant to strengthen us and draw us closer in God, not a means to which we can pursue and uh, obtain favor from right. the Lord. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's no amount of works that are going to, you know, or are. Devote our devotedness to the Lord. There, there's no amount of that that's going to get us what we want if it's fleshly desires. Mm. They have to be in alignment with the Lord. And I love that verse from Galatians five seventeen. And you know, Paul spoke to that often. Like he wants to do what is right, um, but it's a battle inside of him because of his sin nature. And so that's why it's so important that we constantly transform our minds and our thoughts um, to be in alignment, you know, with God. Well, what did hostility look like for us prior and during our separation and divorce? How how was that played out? We, we've touched on this a little bit earlier. Can you think of uh, examples? Yeah, I think specific examples, we were constantly trying to be heard. Um, I don't think that I ever listened during those, you know, during the separation and divorce period. I never listened to try to understand you. I listened so that you could be finished and then I could prove my point and show you how wrong you were and how right I was. It was about wrong versus right. Um, and I mean, again, that goes back to the desires of, of the flesh. Like if you're not listening to understand and you're listening to be heard so that you can, you know, wait for that person to be quiet so you can fight your point, nothing's ever going to happen. You're never going to get to a point where you can come to an understanding. And so, you know, I think for us, it was just a constant battle of wills trying to speak louder um, over one another and um, just, I mean, fits of anger from, from both of us. In terms of how that was manifested from me, uh, typically it would be me raising my voice. Mm-hmm. The argument would progressively get worse and Uh, I would find myself getting louder and louder until eventually, and I did this quite often, I I would leave uh, the house in a fit of rage, oftentimes uh, not saying anything on my way out, despite your uh, pleading and calling me to, you know, not go. Uh, Then on the other hand, when you would get to that point, I wouldn't allow you to leave so that you could... Cool uh, off. Cool off a little bit. <laughs> Just, boy, if there was, uh, if there was a way to uh, go about anger management in an unhealthy way, we would find the way to do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And it, it just, it felt like a double standard. Like you're allowed to, you know, get angry and spout off and, and leave to cool off but I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. And I didn't quite understand um, because we, we really didn't communicate well. And I didn't, I didn't want to understand either, quite frankly, but I couldn't understand why it was okay for you, but not for me. 
Um, and I don't know if you want to speak to that now, but now I fully understand. Well, it wasn't okay for you. Uh, from my point of view, this goes back to the way we raise our children. Mm-hmm. During my childhood, I experienced uh, many occasions where my mother and father were arguing and uh, one of them might leave the, leave the house. That was very terrifying to me as a young child growing up because I didn't know if they were going to come home. It tore at my heart and it made me a mess emotionally. Now, fortunately, my mother and father never got to the point where they were uh, separated or, or divorced. They, they would always work out those arguments. Uh, and I don't know if they always worked them out in the best way. I, I was young. I didn't know all the details of them. I, I just know that when I saw uh, either of them leaving, it was hurtful to me. And so I, I brought that pain into adulthood and into the marriage. And so I, I didn't want to see my wife leave the house uh, because I was afraid she would never come back. I was in control of myself, so I had the ability to come back. You knew you were going to come back. I knew back. I was going to come back, right. yeah, and um, I, I couldn't say that for you. Right. So, I mean, and I think that goes back to, like, what you were saying, your, the issues of, of feeling abandoned, or like that abandonment um, issue from when you were young. And so, you know, for me, I didn't, I didn't know any of that at the time. So I couldn't understand why it was okay for you to just leave, but it wasn't for me. And I mean, it, it, in reality, it wasn't okay for either of us. It was very unhealthy communication, unhealthy practices in, you know, trying to communicate and, um, and, and lead a godly life in marriage and communication the way we love each other, the way that we talk to one another, and how we handle arguments, none of that was okay. Right. Uh, well, I also want to speak to what that hostility looked like during the separation and the divorce. And, you know, this can, this can come from either the man or the woman. It really doesn't matter. We're, we're both human. We're both made in the image of God, and we both sin. You know, one... Uh, one sinful characteristic isn't exclusive to one particular gender. Correct. We possess everything that is bad, for sure. Uh, but, you know, we, we spoke about the, the arguments and the, the yelling and the screaming sometimes. But, you know, hostility can also take on other forms that include the passive-aggressive type behavior mm-hmm. and um, I- ignoring someone... Uh, for extended periods of time, and I, I can tell you that I would, I would much rather endure an argument than uh, to be ignored. Amy, you want to speak a little bit to that because that was something, and and I've acknowledged that there were many things that I did wrong, and we're, folks were just being open and transparent here, right. so that you all understand that, you know, our our story was real, and you know, God delivered us. Uh, from this situation that we were in, but these things that you are facing and experiencing right now, we walked through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these hurts and these pains—they were very, very real. And we're just—we're trying to communicate ways in which you can effectively cope and deal with these situations in a godly manner. So, Amy, talk about some of those 
uh, ways that you expressed hostility as the as the prodigal. Yeah, as as the prodigal, I would just ignore. Um, you know, and I and I think I felt justified in my ignoring him because for ten years, it's like I poured out my heart and I told him how I was feeling and that got me nowhere. And so then I just did the complete opposite. I just shut down completely um, to the point where I wouldn't, he would send me a message or he would call me. I wouldn't answer his phone calls. If he would send a message, I would literally send back like a one word answer. And that was it. And so I know I wanted him you know, my hostility was I wanted him to feel the way that I felt. Uh, was revenge It was vengeful. Yes, okay. yes. I was taking out my vengeance. And, you know, we know biblically, you know, God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, I, not I, you. Exactly. And right. so I felt that it was my job. You know, God didn't do a very good job with our situation. So I needed to take over and do God's job for him. Um, and I mean, I can laugh about that, but that was reality. That is exactly how I felt. And, you know, in talking with a lot of people who have gone through separation and divorce, I know many of you feel that way too. You feel like, you know, God's abandoned me, but reality is God had not abandoned me. God did hear all those prayers and God was working in Tommy's life right as I said, okay, I'm done, Lord, I'm finished. This is no longer, you know, something I desire. I don't want to be married anymore because you're not working things out the way I want them to be. God was doing the work and I just wasn't willing or patient on, on waiting on his timing. And so, um, you know, the passive aggressive behaviors definitely, uh, when we were, going through the separation and divorce. Um, I would also just be very, you know, quick and, um, just mean, really mean spirited in how I would answer him at times. Um, I was very disrespectful. I, uh, and, and I will say this even prior to the separation and divorce, I, I felt so unloved that I felt like it was my right to disrespect my husband. Um, that was not true. That was not accurate. You know, I was still responsible for my actions, but I was very disrespectful um, to him. And so, as you can imagine, through the divorce and separation, the disrespect just, you know, heightened, uh, rolling my eyes and I mean, just turning my back on him, um, you know, basically not giving him the time of day. Like, you want to speak to me? It's going to be on my time. Um, if I don't want to speak to you, I'm not going to speak to you. This is very much... <laughs> you a, make the rules. I make the rules, yeah. Yes. Um, it's like you made the rules for 10 years and, you know, it, it failed. So now it's my turn to take the lead role. And, you know, that also goes back to, um, the fall of man in Genesis three. I mean, it goes back to what did God say that Eve's desires of her heart would be to control and to take over, um, 
the things that she should not be, you know, trying to control. She was going to be trying to control her husband. And so again, it's, there's nothing new under the sun. All of these things um, continue to happen. You know, it's happened from the beginning uh, of man and it continues to happen today. And so, you know, just we need to be mindful of these things. Well, that hostility, I mean, it, it came out so quickly. It goes to what is in the heart and what what the prodigal is desiring. Mm-hmm. They are seeking after separation or divorce. They are chasing after that. They want what they want. A former counselor, a biblical counselor that de- dealt with me as I uh, was sharing with him and trying to understand why she was pursuing it and in such a hasty manner. And it was it was a simple enough in- explanation. It's that she wants what she wants and nothing's going to get in her way. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why they get so angry when there's any type of opposition to their sinful desires. You're, you're just simply asking them a question as to why won't you consider this or let's go to church together, or maybe this marriage conference over here, or let's sit down and just talk. No, that is met with strong resistance and anger. And boy, if you, if you don't understand where that's coming from, it, it'll, it'll make you go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's coming from a heart that has been blackened mm-hmm. and eyes that have been blinded by the enemy. It is a spiritual battle that is taking place here, and you need to recognize it for what it is. Right. And, I mean, really, if if your prodigal is not walking with the Lord, then you really should not be expecting them to act in a loving, humble, you know, godly manner. I mean, we should be expecting them to be well, hostile. Well, if, if they're willingly running and pursuing yes. something God hates, oh, <laughs> I mean, realistically, you should be expecting everything that would naturally go along with that right. to and, be present. And anything that is in opposition to the desires that they have, you know, and, and uh, you know, when there were times where I would get so angry and like it would just be on the tip of my tongue and I would just explode... Oftentimes it's not anything really that, that, you know, Tommy had done to kind of incite anger or, you know, to kind of get at me. It's nothing that he did. It's nine times out of 10, it was something that he mentioned that I knew what I needed to be doing is not what I was doing. So when he would ask, Hey, why don't we go to, you know, this marriage retreat or why don't we seek, you know, biblical counseling together with, with these godly, you know, men, um, and women and biblical counselors. I mean, I didn't want to do that. Right. And they would have been impartial actors whose only motivation sitting in uh, with us would be to draw us closer to the Lord. Right. They desired a good thing. Exactly. It's like, how, why, why wouldn't you want that? Well, because I didn't desire a good thing. I desired what my heart wanted and not anything that was godly. But at the same time, because I was a believer, that is what brought up the hostility. So a lot of times I would, 
you know, use uh, ways and forms of manipulation to manipulate Tommy because I knew he's going to do what's right. So if I go along and pretend like I also want what's right, I'll go along, I'll get him to do what I want. And then the moment that he calls it for what it is, or he tries to, you know, get me to go along the, the godly path, that is when I will strike back. Um, and that's, that's what you're seeing from your prodigals is because they are feeling guilty. They do, if they are believers, they know what the Lord is calling them to do. And so they're actively going against God's will. And that's why you see that hostility because they don't want to seek after godliness. Right. So, you know, don't be surprised when you see this opposition and, we get so many questions as to uh, that relate to uh, understanding why the prodigal is doing what they're doing. Well, you just have to understand their heart. Um, you have to understand the nature of sin, and, the most and, and sin- you have that you have that sinful heart that, that dwells within you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they possess the same thing. Now, God might have you at a place where you are doing what's right and you are chasing after Him. Uh, your prodigal is is chasing something else. Yes. And the most simplistic answer to why is my prodigal acting this way is very simple, because of sin. Because, because of, of their sin, sin nature. They are pursuing sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, knowing what you know now, how would you have handled the open hostility if given the chance to go back in time and undo what was done? Amy, you, you think about it from when you were seeing hostility from me prior mm-hmm. to the separation and divorce. Mm-hmm. So, so share a little bit about that. Um, I, I, honestly, I think patience. Okay. Patience would have, and I felt, I felt like I had a lot of patience um, w- with the situation. However, I didn't have patience in trying to understand. And so going back to how I originally answered, you know, through our arguments and through the hostility, I never fully listened to understand my husband. Um, and, and I'm not saying, well, I didn't ask the right questions. Don't misunderstand me, but I truly wanted to just be heard. You know, I I didn't want to understand where my husband was coming from. I wanted him to feel like I felt. And so instead of trying to be patient and understanding and say, let's get to a point where like, I want to understand you. I don't think those words ever came out of my mouth. I never tried to understand him. I just, you know, met his anger with disrespect. And so, um, you know, if I had to go back, I would be patient. I would listen to try to understand. Um, and also we really much, we very much isolated ourselves. I I would not live on an Island. I can tell you that, you know, God created us to be in community. Um, and even if your spouse is running towards something ungodly, that doesn't mean you have to. 
um, you are responsible for your own actions. And so if I could go back and do that over again, I would not live on an island. I would surround myself with godly people that would give me godly guidance and counsel. Um, and I think that that would have, would have gone a long way. And I think I would have probably continued to wait on the Lord and not given up after, you know, 10 years. And yes, it sounds like, oh, 10 years, that's so long. Um, I mean, our entire 10 year marriage was not, you know, terrible. It was very rocky, uh, but more so towards, you know, the last five years of our marriage. And so I think I would have just remained patient. In terms of how I, how I would deal with the situation differently, uh, I, I felt that when this storm came and, and God got a hold of my heart, that, and this is through, I'm not crediting myself here, I, I credit the Holy Spirit and the counsel, and I just, <laughs> I was listening at the time. And so the open hostility that I saw on a daily basis, I, I feel I was largely able to deal with that in a in a manner that was honoring to the Lord. If I was going to, and you can disagree with me if you if you want to, uh, but I I think probably if there was one thing that I would have done differently, it would have been at the in the initial stages of that separation and divorce, I wouldn't have allowed the hostility to hurt me so deeply mm-hmm. um, and to just be be so crushed i i didn't i didn't under, i didn't understand what was taking place in her heart uh there was of course a lot of uh confusion a lot of misdirection taking place in terms of uh what she was saying and what her actual intentions were and so that was very confusing and i was trying and attempting to reconcile those differences and it wasn't making any sense. Well, and and it, a lot it was of very that, depressing. A lot of that was manipulation. Yeah. Truly from from my from my part. Yeah. Uh but you know as things progressed not in a good way uh and the closer I became to the Lord I I I really shifted the focus from uh one of um despair and sadness to um, just a perspective that sought to lift you up more before the Lord, before the Lord, and I looked at you more with compassion mm-hmm. than I did as not that I ever viewed you as my enemy, but as somebody who was constantly hurting and out to get me. Uh, I I was saddened by the fact that the enemy had and was holding you captive, and that you couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. You were blinded by. I saw what it was doing to you. Um, saw what it was doing to our children, and of course, I also saw and understood the the testimony that it was hurting, uh, because we were both professing Christians, and, um, and you know that 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 wasn't something that I I wanted to have on my resume, right? You know, well, and I mean, I think also you very much you changed your perspective. And so I think you got to the point where you realized, okay, Lord, there's nothing I can do here. I can't create um, anything in her that is good. I can't 
do anything in my own power to get her to see, you know, what is godly and what God desires for our marriage. I can't do that. That absolutely has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I think when you got to the point of realizing, okay, Lord, I'm giving, I'm truly giving this all to you. I have faith that you are going to work this out in your time. I think that's when things started changing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was letting go. You've heard that expression, letting go and letting God. And you can, you can interpret that number of different ways. I think there's a, I think it depends on the situation and and the context. In our context, for me, letting go meant not trying to control the situation, Mm -hmm. understanding that your heart and your life was in God's hands. And for me, just be obedient, honor the Lord, uh, show grace and loving kindness towards Amy, despite that open hostility and trust in the Lord to do the work in her heart and to have no expectations other than to expect her to treat me poorly while her heart was in that state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, one of the verses that we have for this is Proverbs 14, 29. We spoke about patience and this verse speaks to that. It says, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick tempered displays folly. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great way to describe me (laughs) for those 10 years. Quick-tempered, yeah. So basically what that means is you're just showing the world how big a fool you are, you know, when you open your mouth without thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great segue, the fact that you read that verse, because we want to share some verses that will help us better handle situations that are marked by anger, conflict, and open hostility. I'll, I'll read the first one here, and we have three. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James 1, 19 through 20. Amy, go ahead and read the next one. The next one is from Proverbs nineteen eleven. A person a, excuse me, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Uh, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And mm-hmm. isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that firsthand. There were instances uh, during our separation and divorce. I, I'd say a majority of the time I would, I would heed those words from Scripture. Mm-hmm. I would use a gentle answer. But the times that I did not, oh. uh, it, it got pretty saucy and pretty spicy <laughs> saucy. In, in a hurry. Yeah. It, it really did. And, oh, boy. And I, I would... think, I mean, we were we were both guilty of, of doing this. You know, I, I mean, before the separation and divorce, I mean, I just got to a point where it was like, I, I just, I give up, you know, and I truly felt like I'm just going to give up now. And so when he would get heated, I would get heated. And, you know, that's what caused so much hostility and anger in our home. And there was so much tension. Literally, you could cut the tension with a knife. 
And um, I think that now, when now that we're on the other side of this, I think both of us, um, this verse really can kind of sum up our marriage now. Uh, you know, people will say, well, so do you not, you know, argue, do you not disagree? Absolutely. We're, we're both humans. Um, no one is going to have a perfect marriage, but I can absolutely say that this verse helps us in how we communicate. And I think, you know, did we take communication classes? No, <laughs> you know, we, we just started reading the word of God and we started obeying it. And we did not give in to the desires of our flesh, but we said, Lord, we're going to live for you and we want to glorify you throughout our marriage. And so that is why now I think that, you know, how can we turn our marriage around? Because we're doing what the Lord says. Well, the communications classes really uh, involved reading the curriculum that was assigned to us, which in this case, (laughs) it was the Word of God and heeding the advice contained. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's go ahead and wrap, wrap things up here. Why is my prodigal so hostile? It is because they are at war with God and everything His Word promotes. Mm -hmm. Understand that. Mm -hmm. Should we be surprised when we experience open hostility? No. We should expect it Mm -hmm. and be prepared for when you see it. And how should we deal with open hostility? We should do it with kindness, with love and grace. Luke 6, 35-36 But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Well, listeners, now is the time in our show when we mention and pass along prayer requests that have been sent to us from our listening audience course, we do this with the intent of helping to build an army of prayer warriors who can join you in the spiritual battle for your marriage. We're going to share some of our most recent requests here and remind everyone uh, that if you do have a prayer request, you may contact us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put in the subject line on-air prayer or you can go to the on-air prayer page on our website purposedmarriage.org Fill out the form. It comes to us, and it already has the on-air prayer uh, subject heading, and we will do our best to include that in our next broadcast. Uh, Amy, go ahead and read the uh, first one. It comes from Corey H. Yes, it says, um, Corey H. says, Please pray for my wife that she returns to Christ and our marriage. She left May 9th, and we were officially divorced October 17th. I recently found out that she has another man, which I, which I suspected since she left. At times, I want to give up, but I feel like God is calling me to stand for my marriage. All right. Thank you for sharing that, Corey. We have one from Matthew H., uh, who says, I would like prayers for God to open a door for communication to start flowing uh, with my wife. In January, she had a military VA appointment. Two days later, my phone was blocked, and I don't know why. We've only spoken three times since then. In March, she called and talked to me, telling her about her days. 
And in June, she told me happy birthday. So uh, that, that's hard when you're dealing with a situation where there's no communication or sporadic mm -hmm. communication. You wonder what's happening on the other side of the mountain. There's no way of knowing. So that's, that's a hard uh, situation to, to be in. So our prayers go out to and on behalf of Matthew there. Matthew, thank you for, for sharing that. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now, first off, thanking you for the gift of life and the gift of your Son. We acknowledge that without you, Lord, there is no hope. You are kind, generous, loving, just, and merciful. And Father, we praise you for who you are, and we humbly come before you now. As we consider what has been placed on our hearts by you, Lord, as it relates to understanding our husbands and wives who have been captured by the enemy and given over to the spirit of anger and hostility as they pursue what is evil, I ask that you grant us wisdom and strength so that we may be able to discern what is happening before our eyes and handle each and every situation in a manner that brings honor to your name. For those hurting now, Lord, we ask that you minister to them in a special way. Bring into their lives those who know you and love you, who can be a help and encouragement in this, their time of need. As we close this time of fellowship with our listening audience, we ask that you go with us all, guide and lead us as we seek to be the salt and light you have called us to be. And may the way we live our lives be an example of your transformative power. Through this testimony, may others desire and seek to know you. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, and it is in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.